All right, all right, all right. I, I'm so happy you guys are listening, and um, I hope everybody had a great holiday. I mean, spend time with your family, your friends, you know, people you care about the most. That's most important. Most of the time, that could increase anxiety, but you can also use it as a de-stressor because you're hanging around to people you love and doing what you love. You know, basically, you're away from work for the most part, so that's less stressful and helps you to feel much better and helps your mindset to get back to a more relaxed state. But I'm going to start off this show talking about um, the top five benefits of unplugging for the holidays. So unplugging, you know, I'm talking about smartphones, smart devices, all that stuff. Because the onslaught of family and friends and social events that occurs during the holidays is enough to make, you know, most social people want to sneak away and enjoy some time alone. I had some people over my house and um, younger people, you know, teenagers, basically anytime they could, they're on their phones, just hanging out, not even talking to each other, sitting next to each other on the couch on their phones. And it's become just a habit when you don't have any, you know, any time. Uh, or you have any alone time, you basically get on your phone, you try to create alone time and it can be disturbing. And it really, it doesn't leave you any, I tell my kids all the time, it doesn't leave you any time for creativity, you know, for time for just thinking there's no, you know, there's no time set aside for you just to relax and think or just zone. It's okay to zone. It's okay to be tired. It's okay to just have a cat nap. But most of the time people are on their phones and, uh, and then when you talk to them, they say, oh, I'm so busy. I'm, it's just crazy. But they're using all their free time on the phone and they call that busy time. So, you know, basically there's some benefits to unplugging. It's so important to unplug. I do my best to stay off my phone. Sometimes I get caught up in something or some articles and I have to get away from my phone. So when you unplug for the holidays, it's more than just sticking your smartphone or other tech devices in a room for a few hours. It's more, it's making concerted effort to give your brain a break and allow yourself to enjoy smaller pleasures. You know, the company loved ones truly enjoying a meal without first snapping photos of it or just having some mental downtime. It's, it's sounds a little hokey. You can actually check out the scientific benefits to disconnecting and plugging back into real life. So number one, got to say goodbye to nomophobia. So if you don't know what nomophobia is, it's kind of like FOMO, fear of missing out, right? About half American adults check their phones numerous times an hour. In fact, nearly one in 10 Americans has used his phone or his phone during intimate moments. As crazy as that sounds, during intimate moments using your phone. So, you know, welcome to the world of nomophobia or the fear of being without your smartphone. So reducing screen time means you'll have less time to waste on things like cat videos and more time to spend doing the things you enjoy, things you've been putting off because you feel like you have no free time, you know, like baking, trying out a new hobby or just unwinding with a good book. It may take some time to get used to, but you find out keeping your phone switched off, you know, is is really an excellent you know, tool for you to have a better time. Now, I, I, I've read, I heard these stories and read these stories. I don't know if they're true, but Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, you know, they make these devices, right? Steve Job, Jobs invented the smartphone essentially, and they didn't let their kids use them. Didn't let their kids have iPads, iPods, stuff like that, because they knew it can really create problems. And so with that in mind, with my children, we don't give technology for Christmas, we don't give technology. The closest thing we gave to technology is a masterclass in a, in a topic they're really interested in and they could watch it on TV, but basically they would then practice that stuff off the TV. So, you know, you try not to give your kids technology. I know it's 
It's cool. They want it. Every kid wants more technology. And sometimes it's more peaceful for, for a parent to give your kid kids more technology or else you feel like they're bugging you. And the thing is, if you have your kids not have technology for a while, they're going to bug you. They're going to be, what can I do? Because they, they don't understand how to use that time. They don't under, understand how to be creative. But if you give them enough time, eventually they're going to be more creative. They'll play games with each other, like real games, you know, car games, other games, and uh, they'll be out of your hair. So if you're already too stressed, too much tech time is going to make you feel more anxious. Crazy as it is, people, because they're stressed, they turn to that tech time, but it increases the levels of depression. So the pressure of waiting for a, a new like, the seamlessly endless social media scrolling, it can eventually take a toll on mental health. Luckily, unplugging for the holidays can reverse those effects. You know, and I was, I was at the gym earlier today. And all the college kids are home, you know, and they're working out at the gym. And I saw at least three people taking pictures of themselves in the mirror, right? Taking pictures of themselves. They want to post it, you know, put it on their Instagram or whatever, whatever uh, tool they're using, what social media site they're using. And uh, they can't just live without that. You know, they have to do it and look for the likes. So, and the anxiety behind that really creates problems. It creates a host of side effects from headaches, trouble sleeping, elevated heart rate, which can lead to heart disease, you know, seize any opportunity um, to decrease it. You'll feel better once your, your body will thank you too, as well, as well as your family members who appreciate the more cheerful you. So your brain will focus better. So you'll find yourself switching between apps, talking on the phone while playing computer games or simply trying to listen to the story your partner is telling you while checking you tomorrow's weather. All that multitasking is doing things to your brain and they aren't good. I read a study that said we consume more content back in the 1900s. So the year 1900, you know, people would read a newspaper, right? They'd read a newspaper, but for every newspaper they read, we consume 100 newspapers worth of information. And I believe there's a, a point in time where brains will check out or crash or break down in other ways. You know, they aren't designed to multitask that much. And so we don't actually do it. What happens is that our minds just shift focus super quickly. So you lose cognitive function in the process. In fact, people who multitask tend to be more stressed and impulsive than their one-track mind counterparts. So likely because multitasking can increase production of the stress hormone cortisol along with adrenaline. Now, the key with that, last podcast, I talked about cortisol. And cortisol is the number one hormone that we try to reduce doing our weight loss program. So when you get cortisol lowered, your pro-hormones, your testosterone, your growth hormone, it becomes elevated, they become more balanced, and your body just becomes healthier. So shutting off your technology uh, will allow you to practice mindfulness, give you all your attention to what's happening in front of you, whether it's playing with your nieces, nephews, enjoying a bite of pie. You might notice your smaller details get a bit better, and your brain's going to be able to focus on the task at hand and the process, process info more quickly. Next thing, you're going to get more sleep. So watching Netflix in bed or checking your email is the one last thing before. If you're doing that right before you shut your eyes, the screens are going to emit this blue light that's going to impact your sleep. So to your brain, blue light is the same as daylight and acts to stifle the production of melatonin. And that's a big deal because melatonin is the hormone that's responsible for setting our sleep-wake cycles, our circadian rhythms. So this makes it harder not only to fall asleep, but fall into the deep sleep that our body needs to properly refresh. The importance of sleep cannot be overstated, right? So if you're missing sleep, it can take years off your life. It can also lead to increased weight gain, once again, 
cortisol, ring a bell, cortisol, or get, you increase your chances of getting sick. And it's going to affect your mood, not positively, but negatively. So unplugging can improve your sleep. You might find your memory improving as sleeping seems to have to help with new concepts set in your brain. So getting enough Z's also reduces inflammation in your body, lowers your risk of everything from heart disease to diabetes. Now, on top of that, most of us don't eat super clean during the holidays. So I hope your diet isn't the same all year as it is during the holidays, because I know with myself, I sort of give myself a pass. You know, I say you can have some more bad stuff because it's, you know, Christmas or, you know, New Year's is coming up. So I kind of, you know, I eat more stuff that I wouldn't eat. And that also increases inflammation, weakens your your immune system, impacts your sleep. So you got to be extra careful during the holidays. Now, the fifth thing is you're going to feel happier and healthier with loved ones. So taking, you know, using that time together might be what's driving you to seek the comforts of technology. It, it might be time to get cozy. Spending time with your friends and family actually improves your health. It turns out the more shy and lonely you feel, the likely you are to be addicted to your smartphone. In addition, people without strong relationships increase their risk of dying prematurely by 50%, which is greater than the effect of obesity or physical inactivity. So unplugging for the holidays gives you an opportunity to nurture those relationships that are important for you and reconnect while increasing longevity. Now, that's a good deal. So one thing I always say to my patients and the people I'm talking to is that, you know, for thousands of years, people weren't dumb. They're smart. So just because the last 20 years we have technology and we feel with technology, we can find out so much more information that doesn't give us wisdom, doesn't let us understand emotionally how to use that information, how to talk to people about that information. As a matter of fact, it does the opposite. It makes us feel like we're super smart and you could be smart without being having wisdom. And wisdom is the thing that we seek, right? If you have wisdom, you can apply intelligence to your life better and be happier you know, have more success, better relationships, everything. So I'm going to go over five tips for unplugging for the holidays, right? So number one, you have to get everyone on board. It's a lot easier to stay away from your smartphone if everyone is doing it. So let family and friends know that you like a digital detox during your time together. Have everyone turn their phones off and collect them and keep them in a separate room. Now that'll work with, I think, some, you know, some relatives, other people will want their smartphone to be with them. But the people that understand and they want to do it, you know, let them know it's purposeful. And then the other people that want to use their smartphone, they're not going to use it as much around you because they realize you're trying to have a digital detox and you like to communicate and everybody's going to feel positive about it. So you're going to say, you know, I want to be able to communicate with you better. I want to be able to spend more time or more good time with you instead of being on my smartphone. Pre-planning activities. So your day may seem boring if everyone's phone's taken from them and there's no room for entertainment. But you got to preempt this and design a list of activities everyone can get involved with from making food, watching a movie, going on a hike, you know, baking cookies together, playing games together, you know, board games. That'll be the way to do it. So keep your phone out of your bedroom at night. So invest in an alarm clock. Now, I'm fortunate. I don't have that many sleeping problems. Plus, I have a dog that barks early in the morning. So if you have any, you know, things such as a dog that barks, you know, at six o'clock, then um, ultimately, and I'm the one that gets up. No one else wants to get up. So that's my little my little gripe there. I get up with the dog. It doesn't matter how much of sleep I had, got to get up with the dog. So when you do that, you're going to get rid of the blue light and it's going it, to, that helps keep you awake and you won't start your day with a social media blitz. Um, also take time to unwind. So whether it's reading a book, that's something I, I have to work on. I listen to a lot of books, but reading a book, it takes, you know, purposeful patience. 
So you have to sit there and read that book and um, try to get all the distractions out of your head. Now, it's difficult. I have three children and they're constantly active and they can be loud like many kids can be. So I have to be kind of my ear has to be turned towards them often. It's hard to read a book, but it's something I aspire to do. And I plan on reading a lot of books when, my, when I'm retired uh, and you take it, or taking a hot bath with essential oils, you know, while reading a book, that's, that's t- take time to enjoy these things, right? Also, you can practice yoga. So yoga changes your brain in a variety of ways and they're all for the better. So without all the extra time from your digital detox, you have time to unroll a mat and get your namaste on. So, you know, I always, you know, being a believer in God, you know, I I say practice yoga, you know, don't practice all the stuff that comes along with it, but practice it because it's good for your body. It really is. There are certain premises to the principles, premises to the principles that help your body to relax, help it to function better, help it to deal with issues better, help it to de-stress. They develop them for a long time to deal with stress in your body. So give it a shot, see how it works and, um, you know, connect with me. Let me know how you're doing. Let me know how your digital detox is doing. I mean, I try to do this a lot. I have kids that have to fight tooth and nail over their phones. We take them away at night and we're horrible, horrible parents. Just ask them. They'll let you know how horrible we are. But ultimately, I know they're going to thank us for it later for doing that. And um, ultimately, it's good, I think, for everybody. All right. So I want to get into the top biblical foods. So, um, you know, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. It's First Corinthians uh, chapter 10, verse 31. So all throughout the Bible, references have been made to the healing properties of herbs and foods, representing health and longevity from Almighty God. So the importance of diet and preparing and eating food was oftentimes seen as a spiritual act. If you want to consume some of the most common foods mentioned for the health properties in the Bible, then you want to try some of these top 10 Bible foods. So I want to talk about, you know, what's clean and unclean in the Bible, first of all. So when you go to the Bible diet, there's certain foods that you can eat and certain foods are clean, while certain foods are unclean and should be completely avoided. So acceptable biblical foods, uh, trees whose edible yield is bearing seeds or is seed. So simply put, mostly fruits, right? All fruits are acceptable in the biblical diet, just as long as they come from seeds. Fruits from fruit trees are okay to eat, as well as anything that grows on a vine, a shrub, or anything with a woody bark tissue. Plants whose edible yield is bearing seeds or is seed. So classification refers to anything that may grow on plants that are not necessarily trees. So examples of seed-bearing fruit include squash, tomatoes, and corns and beans. Corn and beans. Um, field plants. Field plants are the f- plants of the field and are the next thing on the list, which consists of herbs, roots, green and leafy vegetables, and then clean meat. So this one's detailed because this definition of clean meat is pretty complex. According to Leviticus, clean meat is defined as meat of every animal that has a, the, a cloven hoof and in two and chews the cud. So examples of clean meat include ox, buffalo, sheep, goat, deer, gazelle, antelope, and mountain sheep, just to name a few. Unclean animals include pig, camel, hare, and rock badger. So the the Bible also instructs us not to eat the blood of animals or to eat any meat that has been sacrificed to idols. As for seafood, everything with fins and scales are allowed, but whatever doesn't have fins such as shellfish is prohibited. For birds, everything is allowed except for eagles, vultures, kites, ravens, ostriches, um, seagulls and owls. It also noted that all winged insects are cl- considered unclean. Now, I'm um, going over this diet. Um, has many good features, and I feel if you eat this way, you'd be very, very healthy. 
Now, there's other diets. I understand there's other ways to eat, but I'm going to get into these top Bible foods. And I feel if you eat these things, you'd be very, very healthy. Um, So the first top Bible food is going to be olives and olive oil. So the Jews were the elite olive merchants of their day. So during antiquity, this precious commodity was used for the healing capabilities for cooking, to light lamps, for soap, cosmetics, and even currency. So olive oil was considered so sacred to ancient cultures that it was even used to anoint kings and priests. Hence, the Hebrew for Messiah, Moshiach, means anointing one, right? Anointing one. So researchers has been research been conducted that proves regular consumption of olives and olive oil contributes to heart, brain, skin, and joint health. They've been linked to cancer and diabetes prevention. Needless to say, it's good stuff, has a good ancient reputation. Next one's pomegranate. So it's tasty, messy, and just recently gaining ground in the American market, but it has a lot of really, really good benefits. According to researchers, many, many of those benefits relate to the presence of elagic acid, flavonoids, and anthocyanins, and flavones, which means to, uh, they're, very therapeutically, they're very therapeutically beneficial comp- components of it. So pomegranates are considered excellent foods to help battle such chronic diseases as cancer, insulin resistance, intestinal inflammation, and obesity. For all you wine lovers, right, next up is fermented grapes. So if you look at these, there's been a lot of studies on wine, and it shows moderate alcohol intake, particularly drinking red wine, may lower the risk of cardiac mortality due to atherosclerosis. So the general recommendation is no more than one glass of red wine per day for men under the age of 65, except for men under 65 who may be able to drink two per day. So when the grapes fermented, natural antioxidant and flavonoid properties um, are exemplified through a substance called resveratrol. Many people have heard about it, and it's it's you know you can get higher quantities in supplements, but it's very good if you have good quality grapes and you know fermented wines. Ultimately, you should all these foods I'm talking about. You should try to eat them as organically as possible because that's the way it would have been prepared in, in the past, right? Because they didn't have all the chemicals or they didn't damage the soil, so it grew in great soil, no chemicals, and it had no dangerous uh, issues for our body. Next one would be flax. Flax was a great. It was used very much for clothes, everything else before cotton came along, but it's also very rich in um, omega three essential fatty acids lignans and fiber. So subsequent research shows that flax seeds may not be able to fight against breast cancer, may be able to fight against breast cancer and other serious diseases. This is a big one here, sprouted grain breads. So in the book of Ezekiel, God gave the prophet Ezekiel a recipe for what has been proven to be the perfect bread. It's a sprouted grain bread. So a science has recently shown us uh, it created the complete protein, one that contains all the essential amino acids. The main reason Ezekiel's bread is healthier than other breads is because the grains and legumes are soaked and sprouted, which makes them easier to digest. And as a result, it's the only bread to make the top list for Bible foods. So harvesting sprouted grains happens right after the seed has started to sprout, but before it has developed into a full-grown plant. During this critical growth state, the young shoot digests a portion of the starch to fuel its growth. Subsequently, because the grain starch has been utilized, the level of vital nutrients, including proteins, vitamins, and minerals, are enhanced. Additionally, research has shown, um, has suggested that iron and zinc actually become more bioavailable after sprouting. And bioavailability is the biggest, the biggest thing most people miss. You take a vitamin and it says it has a certain amount of a certain nutrient in it, but is it bioavailable to your body? And when something's sprouting 
whatever it is, when it's just between seed and plant, it has all of these nutrients bioavailable and it makes you incredibly healthy for you to eat at that point in time. So um, next one up is going to be raw goat milk. So raw milk's filled with vitamins and minerals that contribute to the healthy dental fluid flow and help maintain strong teeth, loaded with calcium, vitamin K2, very important, magnesium, phosphorus, and fat-soluble vitamins. Researchers have carried out a comp- comparative study on the properties of cow's milk compared to those of goat's milk. Discovered goat's milk may even be more beneficial. Unlike cow's milk, scientists from University of Granada have revealed that uh, the data concerning goat's milk suggests that it could prevent diseases such as anemia and bone demineralization. Additionally, goat's milk has properties that help with the digestive and metabolic utilization minerals such as iron, calcium, phosphorus, and magnesium. So I've talked about cow's milk for quite some time. Cow's milk, it's not designed for us. Goat's milk isn't perfect for us. But ultimately, it has a smaller protein, it has nutrients that are more bioavailable. Once again, there's that word. And when you when you use those, you're going to absorb more of it. And it's less acidic than, than cow's milk too. And your body, when you have more acidity in it, it leaches calcium from your bones. So you don't put calcium on, as the commercials claim, you actually can leach calcium from your bones. So it's real important to, to do the right milk and try to drink more goat's milk. All right, next one's lamb. Due to the significance of the Passover lamb and equating that role to Christ, lambs are the most revered animal in history and the most honored food in the Bible, right? So only meat to earn top spot in the top 10 biblical foods. Lamb is the meat of young sheep that are generally one year old or younger. So due to the slaughtering of the animal at such a young age, the marbled fat content is considerably lower than the older varieties of meat, which contribute to the heart health and help prevention against obesity. So it's very rich in protein. Vitamin B12, vitamin B6, niacin, zinc, and other other vital nutrients. It's arguably the healthiest red meat on the planet. Now, you know, some people, you know, don't want to eat lamb for, you know, moral purposes or whatever they feel. That's okay. You know, but it's a very clean meat. I tend to eat it when I'm out somewhere. If I don't, if I'm at a restaurant, because generally it's raised cleaner than cow and other stuff. If I'm home, I do, I do grass fed, grass finished beef or lamb, or goat, some other meat like that, because the grass-fed, grass-finished meat is healthier for you than the stuff you're going to buy at a grocery store or at a restaurant. So on a side note, um, you should make sure to purchase more local organic grass-fed varieties, right? So grain-fed, factory-farmed animals are loaded with genetically modified corn feed and countless additives and are simply not worth the risk. You know, they impact your health, more inflammation, weakens your immune system. So definitely go with grass-fed and if you can, grass finished because they grass feed them, but when they bring them in for the slaughter, they, they feed them grain and that also impacts the meat. Not as much as fully grain fed, but it impacts the meat to an extent. Bitter herbs. So bitter herbs um, are that powerful antioxidant natural cleansing uh, properties. So cilantro, coriander is a seed, but cilantro. Traditional Chinese medicine is long used and labeled coriander as the anti-diabetic plant and scientific research confirms how helpful it is on blood sugar. Coriander also appears to be helpful for high blood pressure and heavy metal detoxification, amongst other positive health effects. Parsley is another uh, herb promoting, uh, has a rich, rich, uh, crucial vitamins, including vitamin A, C, and potassium. All right, vegetables. So eating vegetables, right? Because if you look at how Daniel, the Daniel diet works, you know, they basically, he said, vegetarian diet 
really change his outcome, right? So when it's time for them to be presented to the king, Nebuchadnezzar and all the leaders were astounded to see that four young Jewish friends were more fit and looked better than the, the other young man who ate the Babylonian fare. So other often referred to as a Daniel die or Daniel fast, history and biblical texts actually support that Daniel continued his vegetarian lifestyle throughout his entire life. So of all food groups, vegetables are arguably the most nutrient dense and safest to eat. So there's relatively no risk consuming, consuming too many of them. Vegetables are also effective at healing. That according to that National Cancer Institute, cruciferous vegetables, broccoli, cabbage, collards, kale, radish, etc., can help prevent cancer because they're rich in glucosinolates, a large group of sulfur-containing glucosides, and they're known to break down during chewing and digestion. So these powerhouse chemicals can fight help fight uh, cancer cell growth. Additionally, they've been shown that glucosinolides uh, can help address the following health concerns. So they help with inflammation, bacteria and viral infections, carcinogenic toxicity, tumor angiogenesis, blood, former, blood vessel formation, and tumor metastasis. So what happens is people get sick and they try to eat these compounds you should be eating them all the time. So if you eat vegetables all the time, try to keep, you know, sugar minimal and, you know, do everything else I'm talking about, you're going to be much healthier and you won't get the diseases. I had someone very close to me died of cancer, but he came up with this saying that the best way to beat cancer is to not get it, right? Because he had it already. And he said, the best way to beat it is to not get it. Last but not least, raw honey. Raw honey is awesome, right? It's referred to as liquid gold. And the medicinal applications to the skin and internal body seems limitless. So first of all, raw honey is loaded with key nutrients. Research has also shown that honey contains the disease-fighting antioxidant flavonoids like pinostrobin, pinosembrin, and chrysin, which are very good for killing off bacteria and viruses. In addition to being a fantastic replacement to energy drinks for athletes and people needing a little boost, raw honey also supports the growth of probiotics and gastrointestinal tract other fascinating quality of honey is that it helps improve allergy symptoms. So however, you got to make sure local variety is the best and honey uh, should always be raw. Now with raw honey, something else really interesting is that it's the only natural sweetener, right? It's the only caloric sweetener that's not heated when it's processed. So right out of the beehive, right? If they may clean it or something, but right out of the beehive, you, that's how you're going to eat it. Essentially, it's going to be put into a jar. You're going to eat it from there. Maple syrup's decent, but they have to heat it. And when you heat it, you destroy some of the qualities where raw honey doesn't have any issues whatsoever. So these are the major properties of the biblical diet. You know, and I, I, I eat as close to this as I can. You know, it's almost impossible to eat this way all the time, but I try to use this as a, a benchmark to measure how I'm eating against. So, you know, everybody, you know, having dietary issues, the simplest way to do it is get off processed food. If you get off processed food, you know, eat more natural foods. If you eat these foods in particular, you'd be really healthy. Fruits, vegetables, um, honey, you know, uh, clean meats. If you ate those things all the time, you'd be really healthy. Now, there's a, there's a doctor, Dr. Paul Saladino, and he does you know, a diet that's simply, it's all, it's all meat. It's all meat, but he also, with the, he does clean meats and he does fruit and he does honey with it. So it's really cool. And he does certain cheeses too. So certain cheeses that are more natural, healthy for you, honey, fruit, and raw meat, uh, not raw meat, but you know, meat and I uh, super, super healthy. And I feel that could be a fantastic way to eat too. That's, you know, that way to, it's a meat eater type of diet. So guys, anyway, hope you enjoy listening to the show. I'll be at with you next week right new year's eat new year's uh, after new year's in the new year 
And, uh, you know, I hope you guys are enjoying this time of year. I hope you're blessed. And I hope to listen, hope, hope that you're listening next week and we can connect. All right. Bless you guys. Take care.